Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Become Fire podcast. Wow. Round of applause already. It is your host this week, Father Peter Teresa McConnell. Yeah. Joined by my dear brothers, the one, the only Father Anthony Tinker. Hello, hello, hello. And my esteemed colleague, Brother Paul Grumman. Good to be here. Good to be here. Happy to be here. It is good to have you with us. We are continuing our series on the mountain. Uh, meeting the Lord on the mountain. We have talked uh, about, uh, I think we've done four episodes up to this point, and now we are ready to to move on to, to meet the Lord on another mountain. Uh, have you ever met the Lord on a mountain, Brother Paul? Yes. On a literal mountain or a spiritual mountain? I would say a literal mountain. Really? The, the 14er trip, postulant seat. Mm. That was a pretty, I can't say that the Lord actually appeared or that there was fire, but there was, yes. there was some nice consolation on the mountaintop. It's beautiful. Father Anthony, have you ever met the Lord on a mountain? A literal mountain, not a spiritual mountain. But yeah, a little mountain. I was actually on a volcano in Mexico. Okay. Active, like you could see the smoke. Yes. The they have a hermitage up there for the Franciscans I was staying with. And it was freezing. Like it was <laughs> freezing like, on I, a volcano. I met the Lord through suffering. Mm. Like I met the cross. That's um, our charism. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, I encountered the, the cross of Jesus Christ on a very difficult retreat week okay. on this uh, hermitage on a mountain in Mexico. Uh, no, uh, what was I forget the name of it, but uh, it was Popocatepetl. That was it, Popocatepetl. I think he just made that up. That doesn't even <laughs> sound like a real. real. It was a as old Aztec word. So mm. yeah, so yes, in one sense, I have met little on little mountain, encountered this the cross of Jesus Christ. Okay, Amen. Praise God. Well, that, I think that's a good segue. Suffering on a mountain for our next story that we're gonna kind of break open for everybody here. We're gonna go, we're gonna rewind. We were in the old, so we were in the New Testament last episode. We're gonna rewind back to the Old Testament for this episode. We're gonna go way back to the beginning. We're gonna go back to Genesis, uh, Genesis chapter twenty-two, and we're going to discover Abraham uh, meeting the Lord on a mountain in a in a very very strange way. We might say in a, in a suffering way, like you on a volcano, Father Anthony. Uh, so I'll just begin to uh, to read the story for her us uh, here today. This is, again, Genesis 22. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. So let's just stop there right now. It's the first five verses. Um, so God calls Abraham uh, and, and leads him uh, with his son and his men uh, to go take a journey. Um, any initial thoughts or uh, 
or should I, should I keep reading? I guess just the, the initial thought too is that Abraham is pretty far into his relationship with the Lord by this point. Mm. Um, that the Lord had probably promised him that he'd be the father of many nations. He sees that fulfilled in his son, and to to recognize that, you know, obviously, I'm going to do a little into what the Lord's about to say. Yeah, that what the Lord's calling him to that his faith has already been tested. Yeah, to a large degree, and so like there's a sense in which he's ready for like the harder thing. Yeah, um, as he's already grown in his faith. Yeah, I mean, he has, he says, take your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering yeah. on one of the mountains. Which is incredible. I, I was, <laughs> was going to say the same thing because he knows exactly, oftentimes God doesn't show us the the full plan. Hmm. He just gives us the next step because he knows if we knew the plan, like if we knew it was going to involve sacrificing Isaac, a lot of us would be like, no, thank you. not going to do it. But what the Lord does is, hey, I need you to go on a journey. And then we take the journey. And it's like, hey, leave your servants behind and go up the mountain. We'll go up the mountain. And it's like, hey, you're going to need to sacrifice Isaac. Mm -hmm. He like leads us to the point yeah. where we're... And so, Isaac put that wood over in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's just amazing. I, I think it shows Abraham's faith. Because for me, right. like oftentimes I look back like, man, God, if you showed me the whole plan, like, right. I would have said right. no. Mm -hmm. no uh, but... But because you didn't show me the whole plan and you knew I was able to receive and say yes to your plan. And the fact that Abraham receives the plan, because God's made the promise, I'm, you're, you're going to be a, a father of many nations and it's going to happen through Isaac. And you know what? Actually sacrifice Isaac. Mm -hmm. Abraham doesn't doubt. He, he's shown the whole plans and he just, it's credited him as righteousness. He just has faith that somehow, some way God's going to take care of it. Yeah. And he says, okay. Um, which I think is just this incredible, incredible gift, which is something we need to learn. I need to learn. Because oftentimes God shows me the plan. And I'm like, oh, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. So God doesn't show the whole plan. I'm actually the one providing I'm like, why doesn't God show me? Because, well, I'm the one stopping it. Because if he showed it to me, I would say no. And the fact that um, my that's the lack of my own faith, that I, I could have, that if I could have the faith of Abraham to say, I'm willing, whatever you say, to do it, no matter how hard it's going to be. Yeah. No, it's, uh, this is maybe one of the most confounding stories of, of all of scripture, you know, and, and, and much ink has been spilled on, on, on it, but uh, so let's just keep keep journeying here with Abraham. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the boy will go. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold the fire in the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand, took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, and he said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said on this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. All right, let's fast forward. 
mm-hmm. to the second book of Chronicles. Okay. In the oh, wow. Book interesting. Um, we have this. Then Solomon began to build the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, mm. where the Lord had appeared to his father, David. It was on the threshing floor of our another Jezebite, the place provided by David. That this mountain where Abraham's building an altar to sacrifice Isaac hmm. is the same mountain where Solomon will build the temple wow. in Jerusalem. Uh, obviously, where the Lord will go and be presented um, on the, for the presentation. There, I mean, this the temple has so much significance yeah. in the, the scriptures. And here it is on this place in the book of Genesis that God sends on the journey. So that's about the journey. Where's he sending him to Mount Moriah? God knowing that this was going to be the place of encounter, the place where the temple, where we see his presence come down like a cloud mm. of smoke on the temple. So this is, a, uh, I think, just this reference of an altar being built and a sacrifice being made at the same mountain where the temple is going to be built is so beautiful. Yes. No, that is really beautiful. I um, I don't know if I was familiar with that passage from Chronicles. That's, that's really amazing um, that it's the... The same mountain in which I think I knew the temple was there, but I, I yeah, that's 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 amazing. Um, so, so Abraham is asked to sacrifice his son on this mountain, um, and then uh, you know he has this conversation uh, with Isaac as they're as they're walking up the mountain. And what what do we make of this conversation between father and son in this moment? I guess, I guess the first thing that comes to mind too is that Isaac is an obedient son. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that while well, Abraham is obviously the father in faith, that Isaac also inherits that. And I'm sure uh, Abraham has probably told Isaac the story of being called and going on this kind of crazy adventure with the Lord. And so I wonder if too, because we would say that, that Abraham had implicit faith in the resurrection of the body. Right. That's St. Paul's interpretation yeah, of this. Yeah. That, that he knew that he, that, that if he killed his son, Isaac, that the Lord would somehow bring him back. So I also wonder if Isaac also like shared this faith, like what's in between the lines in that too. Right. Where, where Isaac was prepared to offer himself as a sacrifice. Cause also what we hear, you know, Abraham is this old man by this point. Yeah. And if Isaac didn't want to be sacrificed, he most certainly probably could have overpowered Abraham. Yeah. And so he's also willingly going to the slaughter uh, for his father. Then obviously we see uh, tremendous parallels between that and what, what Christ does that the father calls him to Calvary. Uh, and he actually does give up his life. And then we know that yeah. Christ has the last word that he rises from the dead. And so we do see kind of a prefigurement, a type in that. And so I think we could say that Isaac also is, is a man of faith who trusts in his father that mm. this is going to come about. Yeah, um, Abraham's probably about 100 years old. That's amazing. And Isaac, we don't know exactly. We're guessing he's between about 15 or 18. Um, so there's this teenager, obviously can overpower this 100-year-old man. And, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and so, and obviously sure. he's given the word of the sacrifice. Very clear reference to Calvary, yeah. where you have the son carrying the word of the sacrifice up a mountain. So this very uh, beautiful prefiguration of the cross that's happening. But Abraham's question is, that it, here's the fire, here's the wood, where's the lamb? Mm-hmm. Um, you wonder, like I said, is Isaac kind of know or like okay like something strange dad's acting a little strange sure yeah <laughs> something weird's going on here or is he legitimately saying like um okay like do you what are, what are you asking of me uh and saying god's gonna provide like god will provide have faith and that's what abraham's whole he knew at the beginning what's gonna happen but he just believes that god's gonna take care of it somehow some way god's going to be there and no matter what happens um and so 
they they're going up with the wood and the fire and the sacrifice himself so that the sacrifice himself like jesus is walking up and carrying up the own wood of the sacrifice and himself who will willingly as we say with father lay down his life for this for because of the will of the father i would also say if we can take like even like a spiritual interpretation of it too mm-hmm. That that Isaac represents kind of like the first fruits, the 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 grandeur of Abraham himself, um, and that even that the Lord asks to surrender. Yeah. Like, are you attached to this thing that I've given you, or are you more attached to me? And most certainly, we see that in our own lives. Like, they can even be goods. Right. You see this even too with, with some people with like different ministries when when the ministry starts to kind of like come to its close and you had some really good times and like the Lord's calling you somewhere else, there can be a tendency to like hold on to it. Like, you know, I'm going to keep doing this thing or, yeah. or whatever it is, you know, even, yeah, whatever, insert X there for like, yeah. even if it's a good that we can really hold on to that can quickly be turned into an idol that actually stops you from actually being able to like worship God. And so it's really having that disposition of heart that even though this may be a thing that I love, um, that I desire, it is a good, that if God asks us to give it up, that like Abraham, we can have the faith that like, well, there will be a resurrection through this. Um, And like, obviously, like in the spiritual way, like whether we do end up having to totally put it down and do something else or whatever it is, but like whatever good that that's facilitating in our heart, whatever need that's satisfying, that God won't let that go unanswered. They often say, you know, it's harder for the parent to spank the kid than it mm. is for the kid to receive the spanking. And you never believe that when you're a kid. <laughs> you're like, uh, no, yes. no, I don't think so. Yes. Uh, he receiving it is much harder. But then, you know, you become a parent or a spiritual father and you realize, no, like having to discipline my kids is yeah. hard. And I prefer not to. I prefer mm. to just say, hey, it's going to be okay. Like, oh, have fun, whatever. But I know for the sake of my kid, the best thing to do is to discipline you. And you may not understand this discipline. You may understand why I need to ground you, why I need to spank you, why I need you to do the discipline. But the lesson I'm teaching you through this so that you don't get into the trouble you were getting into, don't do the things you were doing, is going to hopefully save your life. Um, and so I, I understand the importance of it, but it's still really hard for me to do because I'd rather just be your friend and you like me. But I'm realize I'm I'm willing not to be liked by you to do the thing. I can't imagine how hard it must have been for Abraham to bind his son, right. to sit there and bind his own son that he's gonna have to lay on the wood and sacrifice. Like what that must have felt like as a father mm-hmm. to your son. And we would say, oh, that's really hard for Isaac. No, it was much harder for Abraham, which is why we're talking about the faith of Abraham. Yeah. It's much harder for the Father in heaven than for us. We get we start going through our sufferings, our discipline, and are just like. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. you know, why why me, God, you don't care. And, and, and we, I don't think we realize it's much harder for the Father than it's for us. Not that it's not hard for us, but it's actually harder for the Father to discipline us. It's harder for the Father to willingly allow us to go through suffering, knowing it's for, what's better for us mm. than for us to even endure the suffering. And just to understand the heart of the Father, that he's not in heaven like, ah, oh, well, sucks to be you, or, you know, <laughs> deal with it, you know, deal yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. He's a good Father, and he's saying, um, I love you. And this, this suffering is actually harder for me than it is for you, but I love you. And I know I need to, this discipline is going to help you. And so I have to allow the suffering. I think what you're saying, like he's a good father. And I think that Abraham must, must also know that, that, that God is also good as well. And what I find so amazing about it on this read through right now is that God has promised through Isaac, that he will be the father of many nations. 
And now he is asking him to put the knife to the son through whom the promises. And so Abraham gets two just contradictory statements from God, that this is the son of the promise. Now I want you to kill this son. And and, and what do we do with the seeming contradictions in our own lives where, Lord, I really thought you were calling me to this, and now it is gone completely in a different direction than 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 I thought you were going to take this. You know, you you, you know, you called me to this. I, I you promised this, and now it's it's not going the way I thought it would go. And and I think so often we experience these contradictions in our own lives where the Lord leads us somewhere. The Lord says something to us. Uh, we we believe something about the Lord, and then we encounter something that God allows, God permits, or that God commands that seemingly just contradicts it. And Abraham has faith. Um, he has great, great faith. Where he says, okay, I might not, I, d- I don't know why you're commanding this, that, or the other thing, but I still believe in, in the promise that you said with Isaac. And so, okay, like, I will put my knife to Isaac because I don't have to understand on, on a human level my faith tells me that you will still be true to your promise. And so I think maybe even some of the goodness that Abraham has a father comes from his understanding of the goodness of God, that that even though I'm, I'm, I'm living in the midst of this apparent contradiction that doesn't make sense on a human level, I can still have faith that you are going to be faithful to your promise. The promise he reaffirms. After I'm not even read that yet, but but after the knife is there mm-hmm. and the angel says, "Don't kill them," God says once again, "Because you've been faithful, your descendants are going to be more multi- multiplied than the stars in the sky, than in the sand on the on the seashore." Um, and, and and He said this to him two times before, I'm pretty yeah. sure, and now He's saying it to him a third time. And, and the promise has been true the whole time, but Abraham still had to. I say receive the promise, enter into the promise, um, be faithful to the promise. Um, and so Abraham's participating in the promise of God and how beautiful it is that this part of it is important, this suffering, this encountering God on the mountain, but not just encountering God, but being faithful to that call. Mm. I mean, just like Moses, like he had a call, he had to, yeah. he had to, then he had to go to Egypt. There's something he had to do with the encounter. There's this encounter with God, but but Abraham is not just a passive um, recipients of it. We see, we've seen that as well. Like Elijah's more of like, just God shows up and he's got to be ready for it. Um, but in this instance, there, there's a way in which Abraham's called to action. And, 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 and we as well, and we're counting God of the mountain, we're called to that faithfulness. And not just a, a passive faith, but an active faith in what the Lord is doing. I find it interesting that he tells Isaac that God will provide for himself, the lamb of a burnt offering. And then when he builds the altar, uh, he names that place, the Lord will provide. Um, of all the names he could have given that place, of, 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 of the meaning that this encounter with God is, it's a, it's a God who provides, a God of provision. And so I think what, what, does, what does that name maybe inform us or tell us about this experience that Abraham has of God on the mountain? Crickets. <laughs> maybe, maybe better question. Maybe, it's my, own, Come on. maybe it's my own. Maybe these are my own musings and my own questions. Sorry. Uh, well, I, I, I guess to take a swing at it. Um, I mean, it's exactly what it says that that God will provide. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and and it's not always what we expect the, pr- the provision to be. In this case, it is that God provides a sacrifice, but it's also like in the lowest place. So you can imagine that like Abraham, like, okay, I'm really going to do this. Like I'm raising the knife. Like this is yeah. going to happen. Um, and like stealing himself as a father to kill a son, the, that in that moment of, of most like of desperation that the Lord will answer that prayer, that he'll provide the sacrifice. So just that like as a reminder that even like when I'm most desperate, the Lord will, will show up. I can have faith mm-hmm. that the Lord is going to show up when when all of the things are falling apart, when the, the bill is due, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. the God's going to show up with the check. Mm-hmm. Interesting, because God said, go and sacrifice your son. Yeah. In the very last minute, it, it's he provides a ram instead. You know what? I'm going to replace that I said, your son, but because of your faithfulness, I'm going to bring the ram. And, and, and so many times, I think we lose the thing that we hold on to. Like, yeah. we don't know what happens to Isaac if Abraham doesn't do this. Yeah. If he would have held on to Isaac too tightly and been like, no, I refuse. And then God might have just taken Isaac away mm-hmm. um, and been, you know, but yeah. because. Or Abraham becomes like a Cain figure or something like that. Yeah. Or just kind of like a, an antidote at the end of like not what to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but because he's willing to let go of the thing he loves the most, God provides the substitute of the ram instead. And again, I just, you know, when we hold on to those things, whatever they might be, and sometimes it's a person, a relationship, sometimes it's a thing, uh, Facebook or, you know, sure, sports yeah. betting with the World Series going on. <laughs> yeah. um, whatever that thing is and one might be addicted to, one might be holding on to it, the relationship that might be enmeshed in. When we hold on to it, we actually lose it. We don't get the problem. We, 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 it actually destroys us. We lose the thing we love the most. Um, where in reality, if we can let go of that thing for the sake of God and, and put that relationship with God first, then he is the provider. He provides in the midst of it and actually makes Abraham and Isaac even closer. I, I, I can't imagine that. I mean, what does it look like going right. up? Is Isaac just like, what the hell? Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Like, hey, Dad, I don't trust you. Yeah. <laughs> put that yeah. knife down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they can never have steak again, you know, as a family. <laughs> But no, I think um, my hope is that like it drew them closer because mm-hmm. Abraham said, I'm willing to be faithful to the Lord no matter what. And, and, and we see it in marriages. Whenever God is the center of the, mar- of the marriage, the, the marriage is better. Yeah. When God's not the center, it falls apart because Abraham has put God first in his relationship with his son. Their relationship becomes closer. Um, and, and, and when we do that in our own relationships, the only things we have in our life, we find them more purified, more beautiful and God providing in the midst of them. Amen. Just read the, the last bit of the story for us. Um, And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son. I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. So just before we hit that passage, so I thought uh, I probably should have said it because I was in the midst of my yes, talking please, about it. Yeah. But, but, but Jesus is the, the, the substitute. Mm-hmm. There's a yes. ram that's provided to substitute for Isaac. Mm. Jesus is the substitute for yeah. us. He is the lamb who has been sacrificed. He is the one offered on our behalf of our sins to the Father. 
um, for the salvation of the world. Like he is the lamb in the place of Isaac and just in our own lives that, that Jesus is the offering. And sometimes when you have, that's why the Eucharist is why the mass is so important because in yeah. the mass, we are telling the father here, here's the sacrifice, yes. the acceptable offering that's pleasing in your sight. And in my own lack and my own um, sin, I, I can't provide, I don't have the right sacrifice. I don't have the right offering. And so I in turn offered you to Jesus. And so I just want to encourage you the importance of the mass in this moment to recognize that God provides the lamb that is the substitute and Jesus himself is that lamb. And so we can come to the mass and enter into that and say, Lord, this is my offering. And as the priest is lifting up the host and lifting up the, the, the body and blood of Jesus Christ, you enter into that moment and say, this is the lamb that, that I, that I accept. I accept. I have faith that he is the lamb who sacrificed for my sake. I think that's, that's really, really beautiful. I think also too, you know, I think this story teaches us that, that God is going to ask us to make sacrifices, uh, to sacrifice things in our lives. And they might be very dear things, very intimate things, things very close to our heart. And, and so because God has done it first, God has done it already, that God did what he, God completed what he did not ask Abraham to complete, where he does sacrifice his only begotten son for us, that, that he knows what it means to, to sacrifice. And so we can then in the mass, like you're saying, you know, enter into that sacrifice, but, but then unite our sacrifices to it, that whatever you're holding on to right now, whatever you feel like God is asking you to let go, whatever you're like, God, you feel like God is asking you to, to sacrifice that, you can just give it to the son and, and unite your sacrifice uh, with his. And just because you read the passage and then there's the promises. Yes. And he fulfills the promises and, Abraham, and his, his promises are, he abundantly blesses his children. Mm. He wants to bless his children. Like it's the desire of a father to give his children good things. Who asks for a, a snake, you know, or asks yeah. for a loaf of bread and gets a snake. He wants to give us good things. And, and this is the promises Abraham. It's like a, this beautiful, beautiful promise that he fulfills. I think, I think that's so important because God does promise us many things and perhaps we have not seen the fulfillment of these promises and, and Abraham doesn't quite see them play out in, in his own life, the, the way that he might thinks that they're going to, or, or this, that, or the other thing. But, but I think like we're, we're talking about Abraham's trust in God, his faith in God. And so maybe we are struggling with that to trust God that, you know, you haven't come through with for me in this situation or that situation in the past. And I'm not sure if, I can trust you to be good or, or to fulfill your promises. And, and, and I think just Abraham comes to us today and just really encourages us to, to continue to trust, to place our, our faith, our hope in God, that, that he is going to remain faithful and true to his promises uh, to us, just like you did, Abraham. It's a trick question for you guys. Oh no. How many, how many sons does Abraham have? Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. <laughs> Literally. Um, sons came from his loins. Oh, well, there's Isaac and Ishmael. Yep. Is that... Am I, am I missing one? He marries a concubine after the death of Sarah and has six more sons. Oh. Nobody remembers. He has actually has eight actual sons. Well, but he he only had, many sons. Many, many sons had Father Abraham. Has, <laughs> Isaac is the one he gives everything to. So it yes. says Isaac gets the full inheritance. Okay. So Isaac is the son of the promise. Yeah. I just always find an interesting fact. Oh, that's that's great trivia right there. I only knew I, was, I could only remember Isaac and Ishmael. 
So. I don't know the names of the new ones. I just know he has more sons. Yeah, I don't think anybody knows their <laughs> names. Oh. Well, praise God. Thank you, brothers, for reflecting on this passage uh, today. Uh, we have now time for our special question. And I believe you're on the hot seat, Father Anthony. I believe I am. And you gave us uh, what What dinner guest was the last one you gave so us? So far, we have Adam. My historical figure is Adam. Is I want to see the man, the the first. I yes. just want to talk to it's uh, about talk about history. Like what yes. was the beginning? Like like how long ago was For it? Like sure. when, when did he? When was humanity first on the earth? Like what was it like? Uh, all those things I think would be fascinating. I'm gonna go with my saint right now. Okay, so please. I know um, that uh, I think John the Beloved. Yeah, um, it's He's hard. A winner. Yeah, it, it, I mean, just he was there. For all of Jesus's ministry, pretty much mm-hmm. all the major aspects of it, like the transfiguration stuff, no one else was at. They're at the Last Supper. They're at, at the Garden. You know, he fell asleep, but he was there. He walked into the. <laughs> he was there at the Calvary, and mm-hmm. uh, there at Pentecost, there at the Ascension, and then he took care of Our Lady. I know he's the last of the apostles. So he saw like all the other apostles throughout. He's with Peter at the beginning. I mean, I'm the story. I, I would just love to just sit down with him and yeah. just it, it, just tell me everything. You know, as I'm with that, I'm like, just tell me everything. No, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, good answer. He took, I mean, the, all the, all the inside scoop you're getting at Our Lady is, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And Our Lord too. I don't yeah. Know. yeah. But, uh, you know, beautiful. Well, thank you. So, no, yeah, I think there's a lot of saints I want to have, obviously. Yeah, of dinner course, with, yes. But I'm just in that kind of, histo- like, without it, just that historical, mm-hmm. like, I would mm-hmm. love their perspective of, like. You want to get close to the primary events. Yeah, I want the primary I, source to I get, like to get an understanding. It. Yeah. Amen. Well, Brother Paul, would you please uh, close us with a prayer? In the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Brother Father, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. For we know that you truly are a good Father. We thank you for the work of redemption wrought by your Son, Jesus Christ. And we ask that you would give us each and all the, the faith of Abraham to, to follow you up the mountain, to, to bring up our own sacrifice, whatever it is you're asking us to give to you as a, as a holy oblation, knowing that you truly do give good gifts, whatever whatever it is that will be satisfied through you and you alone. And in a particular way, we turn to the Blessed Mother, asking that you wrap each and every one of us in your mantle of love. As we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Your blessed Father, the Lord be with you, and with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.